Color STEM Conference presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lingo Dean, sit down with the 2018 Women of Color Technologist of the Year, Dr. Donna Bell, for a conversation on Industry 4.0, Technology and Career Development. Up first is Corning Incorporated's Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Next is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lengo Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, Dr. Donna Bell. Dr. Bell is Global Director, Technology and Feature Strategy and Planning at Ford Motor Company. Collaborating with key stakeholders, Dr. Bell establishes and communicates customer-driven strategies that increase corporate growth in areas such as connectivity, artificial intelligence, driver-assist technology, and robotics. Dr. Bell's proven delivery and technical excellence led to her receiving multiple patents and delivering many revenue-generating firsts to Ford Technologies, including the award-winning SYNC infotainment system, the fuel-saving stop-start technology, and the first-to-industry My Energy Lifestyle Project. Dr. Bell's involvement in the community is extensive and involves creating programs that educate and develop students in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. She has held multiple leadership positions in professional organizations, including National Society of Black Engineers, Society of Women Engineers, and Ford's first employee research group, the Ford African Ancestry Network. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lengo Dean. Thank you so much for that introduction, Brandon. And Dr. Bell, welcome. It is such a pleasure to welcome you to High Tech Sunday. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Vaughn. Thank you for having me uh, and uh, allowing me an opportunity to, you know, give my perspective on technology and industry 4.0. Great. We're looking forward to digging into uh, this mystery box of Industry 4.0. We often uh, hear uh, it mentioned uh, in the technology community, and it's a, a little bit inaccessible for some. Uh, and so we're looking forward to being able to have an expert such as yourself kind of uh, guide us a little bit uh, along the lines of this revolution. But looking at your CV and especially knowing that you are by and large a lifelong STEM advocate and STEM practitioner, it's always great to have the opportunity to learn a little bit about the journey. Uh, we see the accolades, especially of note uh, for this conversation is, of course, you are being the 2018 Technologist of the Year with the Women of Color Conference coming up in just six weeks or so. But how did you get started? How did you get interested uh, in STEM? What is the passion uh, that drives you, and, and what was the impetus for uh, this exciting journey of yours? So really, uh, and thank you for the question, Dr. Vaughn, it really started when I grew up in Detroit. Um, I always pride myself on the fact that I am a product of Detroit public schools, uh, many of our big cities, and the public school systems get a bad rap. But 
Detroit Public Schools has been very good to me in where I started and where I've ended. So growing up on the northwest side of Detroit, I was um, always given an opportunity to um, expand my knowledge. And the elementary school that I went to, uh, Pastor Elementary, there were, were always opportunities, uh, math type programs and science type programs. But the thing that really did it for me was I was very interested in hands-on and I wanted to solve problems. And when I was in the sixth grade, when all the students are in the sixth grade, they give, give, they're given an opportunity to either take home economics or a woodshop. And so I decided on woodshop that I wanted to uh, have that hands-on experience. I wanted to be like my big brother and my father, work with wood, and uh, ended up in, in the sixth grade building a sailboat. And just like the other uh, students in the class, which were uh, majority male, I participated in a competition and did pretty good. And I was sold at that point. You know, my mother and my father always saw that I was good in math and science. And so they really encouraged me to uh, stick with the programs and the classes that would help um, really develop and, and nurture uh, that skill set. And so that's what I did, always sitting in the front of the class because I loved math and uh, always wanting to be uh, really in the midst of the different experiments and lab, labs for science. Um, it was just, uh, you know, the thing that really motivated me to want to get up and go to school every day. Just, you know, just really wanting to uncover uh, what the art of the possible was when I got to school. So, so it was really that young, uh, you know, the inspiration and motivation and really push and impassion on my end that uh, really uh, drove me into STEM. And then I just carried that through middle school and high school. And, um, you know, as I was in high school, the whole computer industry was just going. It just started. And I was really intrigued. Um, I wanted to learn more and uh, didn't know anything about engineering. No one had ever talked to me about what an engineer did or, you know, what they had to do in order to be successful. But I uh, ended up telling my mother at the time that I wanted to be a computer uh, scientist. And so, you know, given her network of uh, people that uh, she was, you know, she interfaced with, she um, came back to me and said, well, what do you think about engineering? She said, because uh, if you do electrical engineering, that's something that, you know, you can uh, take with you. You can work on computers, you can work on hardware. There are a lot of different options. And so, again, just really nurturing me through the whole experience. And uh, and then that's, you know, that's when I said, okay, I think I will uh, stay focused in engineering and apply to uh, Lawrence Tech University, uh, Lawrence Technological University here in Southfield, Michigan, and uh, the rest is history. I believe that one of the things that uh, stood out for me as you were sharing that part of your journey as a youngster, did I hear you say that you had 
a interest in the art of the possible. Is that what you said? It 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 struck me uh, that that is kind of a, a guide, a north star, if you will, uh, for those of us who who are in uh, technology disciplines, but. Uh, it can be that for whatever the discipline you're in. Uh, and it sounds like the process of discovery uh, is one that continues to uh, inspire you. Uh, if you think about that uh, and the decision to go into uh, electrical engineering and computer science and how you have built your uh, career. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you were inspired at first by uh, your father, your brothers. Uh, as a woman uh, in technology, when you got to college, was that at all a challenge for you? Uh, because it still seems to be the thought that uh, stem of all stripes is uh, a man's world. So, so how did you how did you deal with coming into that uh, as a woman? So, you know, I, I have always had this mindset about setting goals, and for me, setting those goals has never been whether I'm, you know, a woman, you know, if I'm male or female. I, I've always gone into tackling goals with the expectation that there was going to be a good outcome. Whether there was or not, that's the way that I went into things. And so I think it was really about not having fear of failure, but of success, right? So having this vision that um, that I could definitely be successful. Um, and success, in, you know, is different in different people's eyes. But um, for me, it was about having a better life and creating a better life for my parents. And when you have that type of vision, it drives you every day. So um, I, I don't remember ever being in class and thinking to myself, I'm a woman, this is going to be challenging. And there were some challenging times, but you you really have to think about how to overcome those challenges and again you know having that positive mindset uh, you go into it thinking that hey i can overcome this right i can be in a classroom even if the males in the class are looking at me like you know why is she here i can figure out how to you know create friends friendships um, i can figure out how to engage with individuals to do homework. There are things that I can offer that maybe they don't have, and they might have things that I don't have, right? And so how do you figure out how to compliment someone else? You know, as, as I, and I, and I realize we're gonna get into this later, but as I mentor young women, not even young women, but it could, it could be uh, veteran women, I try to tell them that when you go into a room, you're going into a room with everything that comes along, right? So if I'm an engineer, regardless of whether I'm a woman or not, I'm coming in the room as an engineer. So I'm bringing my thoughts, my ideas, my voice, uh, and I'm expecting that others in the room are going to um, acknowledge that. Um, yes, there are challenges. Even today, there are challenges with 
you know, people with um, males listening or having the dominant voice, but uh, you, you have to be secure and confident in who you are and what you bring to the table. And I think that was the thing that was important for me when I got to college. Um, I was never nervous about it. It was never a problem for me because I knew what I brought. And there were people that were in the room that, you know, over time they learned what I brought and uh, we we became really good friends over time. So yeah, you, you can go into, you know, I went into the situation um, that, yeah, this is something different for me because nobody else, you know, my family had done this before, but I knew that there was a positive, there could be a positive outcome. And that is the thing that kept me going every day. Wow, I love the empowerment in that uh, personal testimony. Uh, but you said that you bring your voice, your experience, your ideas, and that transcends uh, gender, it transcends uh, ethnicity, uh, because you said, I am an engineer, and that's how I show up. I know that you also uh, tapped into another truth as you spoke of mindset. Uh, uh, as you may know, I'm a minister and I've been recently preaching on uh, the mind. Uh, and I know that you are a woman of faith as well. So can you speak to the role that your faith has played in your journey so far and, and how it continues to uh, be an important part of it? Dr. Vaughn, absolutely. You know, you asked me that question and I got chills when you asked me that question. <laughs> you know, my 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 family is deeply rooted in uh, Christianity. And so um, as I grew up, you know, uh, being a young child, my mother made sure we were in church every Sunday. Uh, we went to Sunday school. I did Girl Scouts. Uh, we did vacation Bible school, so we were always engaged in church. My um, my grandmother was um, really uh, strong in the uh, Baptist convention, and so she would take us to third Sunday meeting. Um, we would go to the different conventions, you know, both regional and national, and that always played a, a strong part in creating who I am today, right? Who I was at the time and uh, who I've uh, grown up to be. I think it is so important to have a relationship with God and to um, know that he has already set up what your life should look like. You know, I, I think about uh, the Bible in itself and that faith without works is dead, right? So uh, you have to put the work in. Uh, he is not expecting that we are just going to have things show up at our doorstep uh, he will give us the strength and the knowledge that we need to be successful, but we have to do the work. Um, and that has always been a critical part of my life growing up and uh, what my parents have instilled in me. And even to this day, it's something that I continue to instill in my own children that, um, you know, you're not going this alone. There is definitely a higher power that is making whatever things that are happening in your life making them happen whether you know you like it or not uh, there is a plan for you and so i i you know i i keep that with in my heart every day um and in my mind and i think it it comes across in how i interact with people people always tell me you know donna you've got a calm demeanor you always bring calmness to the room um and that's because because of what has been instilled in me 
and um, what I hold in my heart relative to the word that has been uh, taught to me over time. So absolutely have a strong spiritual connection and uh, always um, engage others to uh, think the same way, have that real strong faith. And, you know, having that guidance from our Lord is, uh, is very important. That is such a, a really special uh, way for us to actually uh, wrap up this section of the conversation. Uh, you said you got goosebumps, and now you now you gave the rest of us chills uh, with that with that personal reminder. Because we've gone through some unprecedented times here in the world. I was going to say in our country, but it's in the world over the course of the last four or five months. And certainly, uh, it is by God's grace that we are not only continuing to uh, survive, but we're finding a way to thrive. And one of those things continues to be uh, the leverage of technology. Uh, So as we pivot to that topic, which is the thematic focus for this week, can you shed a little light on this whole idea of the fourth industrial revolution, Industry 4.0? What is that all about? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, when you think about how technology has involved, just how industry has involved, and you think about the different phases of the Industrial Revolution, you know, starting with uh, steam and uh, moving into electricity, um, and now being into the uh, fourth Industrial Revolution. Um, And I guess I should start with, you know, the industry that I'm in really contributed significantly to the first and second industrial revolution. So when you think, you know, when I think about how Henry Ford had a vision about moving the world, right? He wanted to make sure that people's lives were better by having access via the open road, right? And so as he was with actually a number of other auto manufacturers, you know, when I look at what the cohort looked like, there were like 60, 70 plus automakers at one point in time. And the way that things worked is the vehicles, when they were built, they were built in a multi-story building and the, you know, the frames were set up in a, in a space, a big space, and each a worker, skilled skills trade person would go from vehicle to vehicle to put their parts on the frames or whatever part of the body or chassis that were um, there at the time. Uh, And then once, once they finished with that floor, then all of the vehicles were transported to the next floor and then the process started all over again. So you can imagine how inefficient that entire process was. And so Henry Ford, you know, was always thinking about, you know, ways of improving. And so he really took note uh, from uh, things like uh, canneries and meatpacking industries to, uh, because at the time, you know, you could, you would see that the cans, you know, in the canneries and in flour mills and in uh, meatpacking plants, the actual product moved down the line. So the the workers never moved, but the product did. And so it was, you know, that initial problem that 
uh, Henry Ford had with, uh, you know, being efficient and getting product out faster and taking that problem and marrying it with the innovation of uh, things like a cannery in a meatpacking plant. And that's how we got the autom automated assembly line. And, and so, and that was really a part of the, the, the end of the first industrial revolution and start of the second industrial revolution, but it was in an effort to um, move the world. Um, and, and that was the vision that he had. And so now we're here, right? Now we're here in uh, what we're calling the fourth industrial revolution. And, we, you know, we've come to a point where we have to get more, even more efficient, right? And it's not always about moving things out quickly. It's about how do we customize and personalize products to meet our customers' needs? And so that's where, you know, um, industry, the uh, industry 4.0 comes in is that um, we're taking technology, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning, 3D printing and additive, additive manufacturing. We're taking the Internet of Things, um, Internet of Things being a connecting product to a computer system, right, to uh, know where it is, uh, know what it has available to it or in it and um, how it is going to be used later, right? So having all of this information about a particular part, but leveraging that technology in order to build cars more efficiently and personalize and customize them so that so customers get exactly what they want. You're listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn, Lango Dean, and our special guest, Dr. Donna Bell. This week's episode is brought to you by the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference. And now, a word from our sponsor. From waves of change come oceans of opportunities. This has always been our Women of Color STEM Conference message and mission. Now more than ever, we are expanding our rich history and track record of hosting live streamed award shows and interviews, virtual job fairs, learning and networking experiences as we reset to rise at our 2020 Women of Color Virtual STEM Conference. October 8th through the 10th, the world is counting on us. Come ride the waves of change as you explore our limitless oceans of opportunities that can enrich, inspire, connect, and support your continued professional and personal growth that have always been the hallmarks of our women-driven conference. Together, we can help our nation's industries, government, academia, and the military reset, reinvent, and re-energize. You belong here within our trusted community. Ride the waves of change as we reset to rise. The world is counting on us. Again, this episode of High Tech Sunday is brought to you by the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference. 
Now, back to the show. So if you think about in uh, our, we have a factory of tomorrow at Ford, and uh, there are a number of things that we're doing, um, not only for our customers, but also for uh, our supplier engagement, for our employees, and, you know, other elements of the business. And so uh, one of the technologies that we're using is a sensor technology. So if there is a worker on the line and the part is not built correctly, there are a team of uh, people that are notified when that happens. And so there are sensors that are put in place that can recognize whether a part is built correctly or not. Once that team is notified, they, you know, they take note of what happened and they can go back and change the process so that we don't get this error anymore, right? Um, and so there are things that, like that are put in place. Um, we also have exoskeleton uh, machines or uh, outfits that people can put on to prevent um, having injury. So it really helps them to reach, like if they have to reach up into the vehicle, to prevent back injuries or shoulder um, or you know any part of your body injury, it actually assists the person in reaching up into the vehicle to help them do their job more efficiently um, and with less pain. One of the other things that we, we have are robotics. And so putting robots in the plant that can get the parts that are needed to build a vehicle to the right place at the right time very efficiently. And by the way, there are sensors that are on those robots that know when there is an obstacle in the way. So they can move around people, they can move move, move around parts of the building and other obstacles in order to uh, make sure that they're, you know, they're they're safe and um, that the people around them are safe. So there's just so many different um, elements. Uh, we have advanced materials that we're working with. And so all of these things together is what creates Industry 4.0. And having this factory that is smart enough to know the customer, to know exactly what needs to be where, when it needs to be, and knows it can inform the supply base uh, when parts need to be um, in the plant and what parts need to be. So now you don't have to worry about having a lot of extra parts in stock that's being a waste. Um, now you know that, okay, we um, we can stop building this part, we can build this other part, and then the, the uh, systems will automatically inform the supply base that this is happening. And then we get to the dealership, and the dealership knows exactly what vehicles are coming, uh, what features are coming, and then they can marry that with knowing what the customer is looking for. So, you know, uh, right now, we're really, um, because of the pandemic, but uh, even before we were working on this, taking a look at how we can have a person buy a vehicle all digitally, right? So if I go in and say, these are the things that I want, and a dealership knows exactly what they have in stock based on the connections we've made from the plant, it just makes everything so much easier. And so these are the things that we're doing in, within our company. And I know that other companies are doing the same thing, but it, you know, manufacturing has got to be more efficient and uh, eliminate the waste from the process so that we can get more product out to customers just the way that they want it. So again, um, making their lives easier and better. 
That is fascinating. I mean, uh, you talk about waste mitigation, you talk about efficiencies, uh, the things that we uh, often hear about machine-to-machine communications, Internet of Things, and and uh, these uh, what used to seem like futuristic topics all happening and coming into their own right now. My role at Corning Incorporated is actually uh, managing technical talent for research development and engineering. And certainly, as we think about Industry 4.0, the career development and management piece is huge. And so uh, we're going to turn and talk about the pipeline. And to do that, I'm happy to hand you over to my co-host, Lango Dean. Hey, Lango. Hi, Dr. Vaughn. Thank you so much. Welcome again, Dr. Bell. Uh, Very nice to have you here. Um, as you know, you know, I was listening to the uh, conversation between uh, you and Dr. Vaughn and, and this story that I've heard before where your mother, you told your mother you, you wanted to be a computer scientist and she went away and had a little chat with people that she knew and then she came back and had this talk with you about doing electrical engineering and how you could leverage that into so many other things and right through your career you've leveraged your career into electronics, uh, uh, computer uh, control, control systems, industrial and, and systems engineering. And going back to what Dr. Vaughn has done, leveraging his career right at the beginning when we talked about the role of technology uh, during the coronavirus um, uh, in the early days of the, the pandemic. Um, and he looked at how his focus on optical network architecture and, and, and the research he did on what uh, traffic, uh, internet traffic, networks, and all that sort of thing, and how he is where he is today. And what all both of you are doing, and all these other people who are in uh, the CCG alumni group are doing, is mentoring people and passing on this information. There's one thing that you said during um, the gala when you were accepting your award two years ago as technologist of the year, and you said, growing up, I wasn't exactly sure where my love of STEM would lead. Unfortunately, in the world we live in, there aren't too many paths laid out for a black girl from Detroit, interested in learning about how things work. So I decided to forge my own. Well, you've not only forged your own trailblazing career, you're also helping others. For example, you serve as a trustee with the Society of Automotive Engineering Foundation. But you also work with teams that develop relationships, raise funds to support STEM education. So, and a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Boyd was on High Tech Sunday, and she was talking about inequity, broadband inequity for students. So going back to that quote and going back to this idea of leveraging that you mentioned earlier, how are you helping students of color um, within industry see themselves in STEM jobs? Well, thank you, Lango, and uh, thank you for that uh, for that awesome question. I, you know, I have a passion for uh, seeing people of color succeed, uh, and it is indeed a passion both inside and outside the company. And when I decided to take on, um, actually, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit further. When I was in college, I was a part of National Society of uh, Black Engineers, and uh, in that role. It was an opportunity to expose other uh, students of color to the 
um, to some of the great things that were going on in the field of engineering. And so, so that was, you know, that was my very first connection with, um, with creating change, right? And, and so uh, as I continued my journey and I moved in, I actually worked for uh, Dow Chemical for a short time, and uh, there weren't a lot of uh, uh, people of color that worked in, in my building, but that was uh, the first time I've had opportunity to see that there uh, were disparities. And so then coming back to Detroit, working at Ford, I have had more of an opportunity to engage in a National Society of Black Engineers, Detroit Professional Chapter. Um, I was the, pro uh, the president of the uh, chapter for uh, two years. And, um, and that was an opportunity for me to see how the program really impacted the uh, students. Um, we, you know, we do a lot of recruiting at the NSBE conference, but, but you don't get a chance to really see how the hands-on uh, programs and tools that are created for the, you know, for the students, you don't see how it impacts them. And when you see that, you, you know, they have something and, you know, they start in from scratch, and at the end of the day, there's something that actually flies or moves or creates noise or, you know, they, they see how energy um, is created and how it moves things and how they're so excited about, you know, what they've had a chance to create. Um, it gives you a real sense of wanting to do more of that. Um, and that, you know, it's really a downfall for me, and I and I call it a downfall, but um, I, sometimes I feel my plate up too much, right? So SAE board of, you know, on the board of trustees for uh, the foundation and uh, creating the um, A World in Motion program, so ALIMS program, where uh, there are, are projects that are developed specifically for students starting from kindergarten all the way through middle school where um, they can learn um, how um, uh, engineering and science uh, work together, right, to solve problems. And, um, and so being a part of that, I've seen uh, how students have uh, excelled and really uh, and excited about, you know, what, what opportunities are given to them. And then there's NACME, so the National Action Coalition for Minorities in Engineering. And this is more college-based students, but really giving them an opportunity to um, expose them to industry and, you know, them coming in for summer internships and uh, really understanding and learning how theory and practice come together. Um, so, the, you know, it, it is, it's those things that um, really motivate me to continue the work that I do, even for uh, the women of color in STEM um, that is uh, being hosted here in Detroit, well, it normally hosted here in Detroit, it's virtual this year, but um, being an executive in the classroom is very important to expose uh, children of color to other people of color that have done it, right? If, if you don't see it, uh, you don't know that you can be it. So, um, so we really want to make sure that we stay in the classroom, uh, get into whatever community uh, efforts we can to let you know, young students of color know, and their parents, because I think that's a, a key point, that their parents have got to be able to see that there's an opportunity for them to 
um, do better, to be better, to live better. And, um, and that's, that's definitely my goal is to make sure that I can expose myself and the things that I've done to uh, so many people out there. I want to reach as many people as I possibly can um, to help uh, change their life uh, trajectory. That's wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Bell. You are a part of uh, the CCG alumni group, uh, which means that um, at some point um, over the last 30-something years, you accepted an award from either Bayer or Women of Color, and you come back year after year and you share your knowledge and you share your insights and share your perspectives with young people. You're also part of the SAE, you're part of NSBE, you're part of NACME, you're also part of the Society of Women Engineers. So there are a lot of groups that you're part of that you've talked about. Um, but what would you say, and as I go back to the conversation you had with Dr. Vaughn, what I heard was a sense of purpose, of course, guided by your parents, um, but there was also a sense of purpose. So what would you say to young people um, working on their own to prepare, especially during this time when a lot of people are really on their own. Um, uh, yes, we many of us are connected via the internet and through Zoom and all those other things, but what can young people do on their own to stay the course to prepare for STEM? You know, there, so there are a couple of things, Lango, that I believe students um, can really do. I think, uh, you know, um, Dr. Vaughn and I talked about it earlier, is uh, really having a faith-based background, right? Having um, a commitment to God and the fact that he, he creates all and um, he moves all. And, uh, and we have to give him, um, you know, all, our all in all when uh, when it comes to anything so it's you know i don't see that that i'm doing anything on my own i truly believe that um i you know that god is there uh, supporting me putting the right um, knowledge in my head uh and uh, really moving me in the direction that he would have me to go so that is uh, that is first and foremost is having that uh and establishing that that is um that is the basis and then you know, really having and setting goals for yourself. If you don't have goals for yourself, you know, I, I feel like you're going to, you know, you, you're going to wander. I think about, um, and this is something I tell my mentees all the time, that if you don't have a map, uh, you're going to wander aimlessly. So just think about taking a trip from here to California without having a map. Would you really know where you're going? Probably not. So you've got to map out where you're going. You're going to use Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever, but uh, you're going to get there um, and you may get somewhere eventually without having a map, but you don't want to take any chances. You, don't, you know, you, you've got a certain amount of years in your life. And so, um, so I think it, it's those, and I know it's those two things. It's not that I think, but I know it's those two things is really having faith in God um, and then having a plan, uh, setting a plan up for yourself and, and, and and that's up to you. You know, I can't tell you what the plan is. You have to set the goals for yourself. And that's something that I've done throughout my life and my career. And to your point is staying focused, you know, really staying focused on on that goal. Um, and, you know, I tell people all the time to write it down. It, when you write it down, it's amazing what happens. I, um, I have this document that um, I created when I was a, a, a young manager and, you know, I knew I wanted to move up in the company 
and I created this document with the help of one of my mentors. And the document said um, I had a short-term goal, I had a long-term goal. And that long-term goal said that I wanted to be in a strategic role, um, working on technology and connecting uh, new technology to our product portfolio. And I wanted it to be at um, a certain leadership level. And that was in 2012. And that goal was set for five to 10 years. I'm in that role right now. So, and, and going back and just reflecting on the fact that I wrote it down, I took the time to think about it. I took the time for self-reflection. I took the time for prayer and, um, you know, really understanding um, what I wanted to do. And now I'm here. And um, and it, a lot of times it blows my mind that, that that's the case. But um, I think it's so important that in order for you to um, stay focused on your goals, you write it down. I think every single decision that you make uh, will be aligned with where you expect to be in the future. So um, absolutely staying focused, staying strong, being bold, having a voice. Um, staying focused on the end game and uh, getting that W uh, for yourself, uh, that win for yourself, I think is, uh, is so utterly important. Thank you, Dr. Bell. Staying strong, staying focused. Um, you know, you, you can't you can do better than that in terms of having those, uh, those, those tips or a piece of advice stuck on your refrigerator or on your computer, wherever you want to put it, so it just constantly reminds you of things that you want to do. So as we as we count down, it's about forty something days. As we count down to check in to Women of Color Online, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful virtual conference. What are you going to be doing, and what is Ford going to be doing at Women of Color 2020? Oh, awesome! I'm glad that you asked, and I am really excited about it. I um, have. Uh, enlisted the support of many of my constituents here at Ford, and we plan on a number of different elements. Uh, one of them, as I mentioned before, being part of the executive in the classroom, so uh, working with the CCG team to uh, make sure that we have a presence. Ford has a presence there. Uh, we're also we'll also be recruiting. Uh, we have a, a team of recruiting professionals that will uh, be a part of the virtual career fair. And uh, we're all we're always excited to um, come to the Women of Color Conference um, in that capacity. Um, I have talked about being a part of uh, one of the sessions, and uh, we're still working through that. But I'm always excited to be a part of that. Uh, we have four individuals that actually received awards um, this year. So um, I think in each in one of uh, each of the four categories. So yeah, so we're really excited about uh, being there. Just got finished talking to uh, Dr. Ken Washington about uh, the role that he'll play, and uh, he will have a, a speaking role at the gala. Uh, and so we're working through what that'll look like. And uh, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to share some of the great products that Ford is uh, introducing with our uh, Mustang Mach-E and with our uh, new Bronco. So uh, really excited about supporting as always, and uh, we'll, we'll always uh, support uh, whatever way I can, and uh, look forward uh, also to moving into uh, BEA 2021. 
That's wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing you and Dr. Ken Washington uh, online, virtually, uh, doing what you always do. It's always a pleasure to see you on stage. I saw you on stage at Bay in, in February this year, and uh, Dr. Ken Washington as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing you again in, uh, in about uh, six weeks. Uh, so at this point, I'm going to hand you back to Dr. Vaughn, and uh, uh, looking forward to hearing the rest of the conversation. Thank you, Dr. Bell. Thank you so much, Lingo. I, too, am very much looking forward to what we will find in store for us at this really historic gathering uh, in October for women of color uh, as it is being offered virtually. Uh, the 4.0 uh, industry revolution is here, and uh, it is definitely, uh, Dr. Bell, uh, something that we appreciate you kind of giving us a peek behind the curtain about. Uh, it's one topic that I am certain uh, we will continue uh, to all be connected to as we move forward, uh, not only through this year, but into this new decade. So I want to, again, thank you so much for carving out the time to join us for this edition of High Tech Sunday. And uh, I'm going to uh, turn it back over to Brandon Newby for the closing. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bayer Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.